Well, there's certainly a lot to talk about with OU recruiting, especially in the 2025 class, but it's just one of those times where nothing just feels super pressing when it comes to OU recruiting in 2025 class. Nothing seems super imminent as we get closer and closer to the month of March. OU's in good shape right now. They're a top eight class, according to rivals, and I think to every other major recruiting service out there, it's just... Is anything necessarily imminent in the next one to two weeks? Parker, it kind of feels like that's a no at this point. I certainly don't feel like anything is imminent. Now, does something happen? I don't, you got future freaks coming up on March 9th. Maybe, maybe get something out of that. But, yeah, just a real quiet time right now, all in all. Need an Eli Bowen just out of nowhere commit. Like, <laughs> hey, guys, I'm committed all of a sudden. What's up? I know I, you guys weren't expecting this, but here, just randomly, I'm going to uh, I'm going to commence. But yeah, doesn't seem like anything super imminent. Which, if we're right over the course of the what a uh, week or so, that means Sir William E. Beatonbow will be Big Twelve, or excuse me, K. Ref Recruiter of the Month for the third consecutive month. Unopposed at that. Unopposed, just no one else even around, lapping the competition on his way to his third consecutive month as K. Ref Recruiter of the Month. No, but um, OU's at number six right now in the uh, Rivals rankings. And Rivals had a story out last week. Ten programs that could sign the number one class in 2025. So you got Alabama still in the mix, even post-Saban. Georgia, of course, is there. LSU is there. Notre Dame is there, who currently has the number one class. Ohio State. Oklahoma is one of the ten programs listed. Who could sign the number one class in 2025, according to Rivals? They say this. The Sooners jumped out early with 10 commits and some impressive offensive players with four-star quarterback Kevin Sperry, four-star wide receivers Elijah Thomas and Grayson Harris, O-lineman Ryan Foger leading the way. Many more big names could be coming to Norman as Oklahoma is after five-star safety Jonah Williams, five-star offensive lineman Michael Fasusi, and other standout linemen such as Ty Haywood and Lamont Rogers. So... Rank six right now. Rival said, "Yeah, they're one of the ten that can have the number one class." I wouldn't bet. I, I wouldn't bet on that right now, just because of the overall size of the class. But interesting that they value them or you know think that way here in late February. So I didn't hear Missouri mentioned on that short list. No, uh uh-uh. The other teams that were mentioned were Oregon, Texas, Texas A and M. USC is on this list. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, what? Wow. That, that was surprising. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> have they recruited in the top 10 since he got there? They have not. I, If they've gotten in the top 15, they were barely in the top 15. I think they might – no, I think they might have been outside the top 15 each of the last two years. Yeah. They're not going to have the number one class. No, no mm-hmm. shot. No shot. Mm-hmm. Because they're also not going to win. We went through that schedule. They're not winning more than seven games this fall. No, like as – Bad as it feels right now with, with USC, I absolutely think that there's a chance and a likely chance that it's even worse in a year's time. And you you no longer have a but Caleb Williams, right? No longer do you look at that schedule and go, oh boy, it's tough, but Caleb Williams. Now what? All you can do is look at the schedule and go, well, it's really tough. You don't have the best player in college football at the helm of your offense anymore. He's not going to be able to be your sole savior in some of those track meets that you get into with the likes of Cal 
and Arizona State and Oregon State. Yeah, I don't think it's going to work out well for him. Uh, you're one of the Big Ten. Just a hunch that I have. Oh, yeah. Now the track meets are going to be against Northwestern and Rutgers and Maryland. Ah, let's go. Be- New Jersey, isn't it just beautiful uh, in-, in the fall? Getting Picture to the this. winter months. Picture mm. this. Muleshoe gets fired on the tarmac in Piscataway. In less than three years, he goes from on top of the world at the University of Oklahoma to getting fired on a cold Saturday evening on a tarmac in Piscataway, New Jersey, after losing to Rutgers. Do you think Lincoln and um, Clark Stroud are going to wear matching designer scarves when they're playing at Rutgers in the month of November? Can you see them? Not, not, not USC scarves, just like matching designer scarves on the sideline. I could definitely see Lincoln and, and Clark pulling that off. No, I don't think Muleshoe's a scarf guy. <laughs> He'll still be wearing that dry fit. <laughs> dry fit, Lincoln. Isn't that what Billy Lucci called him like three, four years ago, whatever it was? Yeah, okay. Look, Do I think OU's going to have a really good recruiting class? Yes. Do I think it's going to be in the top ten? Um, seeing as where I think they are with Jonah Williams, I yeah, I think that there's a good chance. Top eight, I think there's a chance for that. Number one class, I would just probably say no to that just because of the overall size of the class. What would you put OU's chances, though, as it sits right now of having the number one class of all in 2025? Slim. I think there are slim chances. They are almost entirely predicated upon landing not one, not two, but probably three five-stars. You probably need three five-stars if you're going to have a legitimate claim to the number one class. And I just, I'm not sure I see that happening for Oklahoma. I think they'll certainly be top ten. They may be top five. Number one, that's asking a lot. Well, who would even the three stars be? And, and let's give them let's give them Jonah Williams and let's even give him Michael Fasusi. Okay. Who's the other five star that's on? And, and I guess someone could elevate from a four to a five star, but mm-hmm. who's the third five star in, in, in this if we're talking about three, even being a possibility? Well, it would likely have to be either Lamont Rogers. Or somebody like Lincoln Cure. Lincoln Cure, five-star. Just come on. Make me happy. Come on, rivals. I, who, I don't know who hijacked uh, AT&T or, or what really happened, but now that it's possible, I will be hijacking the rival servers and will be uh, bumping up Lincoln Cure to a five-star. So just don't be alarmed. That was me if you see that. Because okay. I think it's Noted. deserved. I think it's very deserved. Yeah, I mean, when we're talking about the number one class this year, it's kind of the usual suspects, is it not? Like, Notre Dame is sitting there right now, but I feel like for the past couple of years, they've been in the lead early on, and they kind of fade towards the end. It'd be hard to to pick against someone like Georgia of having the number one recruiting class uh, this year, just because it's happened quite a bit since Kirby got there and got it rolling. Yeah, I I bet you it's either Georgia or Ohio State. I mean, those are the two usual suspects at this point, right? And I'm not ruling out an NIL-fueled meteoric rise from, who knows, maybe like a Miami or somebody that's just willing to, you know, kind of push all the chips to the middle. Heck, you know what? That might be USC. Maybe Muleshoe's like, oof. I gotta, I gotta give people some reason to be excited about the future, or else I'm fired. Do they have more high-rise apartments to give away, like they gave out to Bear Alexander? Did they just, did they buy the entire floor, plus the penthouse? 
That's what they better be doing. In Was recruiting. there a worse investment in all of college <laughs> football last offseason than USC buying Bear Alexander? What? <laughs> There's no way that you would know offhand what his numbers were, but I do no. not remember him making some sort of a big impact last year. I believe he had two sacks. Which he was an interior guy, so maybe sacks aren't the end-all, be-all for a defensive tackle. But even so, <laughs> Bear Alexander transferred to USC, and that was the last we heard of him. 27 solo tackles, one and a half sacks, a one and zero forced fumbles, zero interceptions on the season. And that was the guy that USC paid out the wazoo to get to L.A. Give me an apartment, USC. I could have 27 tackles in a season at least i think i don't know about that i'll get close to it (laughs) i mean that's what they're giving out apartments for these days not that i want to live in la no no thank you i don't i don't care how nice the uh, high-rise apartment is but you're right dude that was uh that was expensive price tag for not a whole lot of production we truly haven't clowned mule shoe enough for that because you like you remember how sleazy that all was he was out at usc's spring game like the day he was in the portal and so everybody knew he'd been tampered with, and it was premeditated, and it was open and shut. And, like, oh, you tried to engage with Bear Alexander. I remember us talking about that, but he was, like, he was a Trojan. Well, what they didn't tell you is he got that nice apartment, but um, Clark had to room with him. He was sleeping on the futon in the, uh, in, the, in the living room. Halfway throughout the year when the production wasn't happening, it's like, all right, Clark, you're going to live with Bear Alexander. We've had enough of this. Overpaying for no production on the defensive line. Uh, 580 says, dry fit scarf? That is a million-dollar idea. So not only have we talked about OU's recruiting class in 2025, we may have discovered a million-dollar idea as well. I'm sure Muleshoe would shell out. <laughs> Maybe Muleshoe is to dry fit what Mark Zuckerberg is to steel gray T-shirts. And you turn out enough of a Muleshoe would drop a million bucks. Stock his closet full of them not bill pack 12 schools i mean that's 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 where we want to get our product to that's for sure you think he opens up his closet and it's just like 60 of the exact same drive <laughs> yes yeah, i think so uh 405 vegas over under win total is seven and a half that is correct are you talking about ou or usc because i know ou's is seven and a half i think maybe usc's is, is seven and a half as well uh 918 usc equals university of south carolina I still, as much as I can't stand him, I still recognize USC as uh, where Muleshoe is coaching right now. 402, is Bear Alexander's dad a State Farm insurance agent? Keep it all in the network, huh? I don't know what Bear Alexander's dad does. I do know that once Bear Alexander got that title at Georgia, it was really all about one thing. It was about the money. Big Rich and OKC, I can see Link and Clark wearing matching G-strings. So, and that's in all caps, by the way. Big Rich has been texting in all caps all day. Yeah. I'm not sure That used why. to be Softball Steve, and then Softball Steve stopped texting in all caps. Now we got Big Rich and OKC texting in all caps, which I got to say, when you're just trying to read multiple texts at once, it does catch your eye when the one text is in all caps. Mule shoot Clark Stroud it. and matching G-strings is not a visual I want. <laughs> that's... <laughs> right, that's not what I want to be caught with when it comes to uh, to all caps. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We've got some notes on offensive line targets in 2025. Looks like all 134 FBS schools will be in NCAA 25. Won't you immediately move 
Brennan Thompson into the starting lineup if you're playing with OU and just make him run a go route every single time? No. I will go to the uh, the formation subs. That's right. I'll go to that formation subsection. I'll put him in the five-wide package in the slot. And then, gosh, what's the what's the play? Wide receiver shake. They still got that one where the slot receiver just runs the skinny post. And when that, that option's always open. Always open every single time. Heck, I wonder if that's a glitch I, that they'll fix after 12 years or however long it's I been. might even jet sweep it to him. Yeah, like, was, here, Jeff Lebby, if you were going to do this, here's who you should have done it I, with. I guess each school is going to have their own, like, uh, like the playbook that they, they would have, like the actual playbook, even though the coaches aren't in the game. So jet sweeps are going to be all over the place for Mississippi State. Cannot wait. All right, more uh, Cruton coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and the ref farming, listening worldwide via the free KREF app. Hattiesburg, Mississippi is tuned in today. Portland, Oregon. Austin, Texas. Olathe, Kansas. Baltimore, Maryland. Seminole, Oklahoma is our small Oklahoma town of the day. Before we get into who OU's in on the big O-line targets across the country, Rivals has a story out today of uh, top 10 offensive linemen and kind of where they're at right now with their recruitments. I did want to hit this text from the 918 first, though. It says, gentlemen, OU has two new coordinators. Yes. Are the Sooners stronger or weaker because of it? Better or weaker with two new coordinators? Let me ask this first. It says OU has two new coordinators. That's technically true, but in reality, is it all that true? I mean, it's Brent Venable's defense. Correct. And I know that Ted Roof was the quote-unquote defensive coordinator, but are things going to change all that much now that Ted Roof is gone and Zach Alley is in? I'd say things are going to stay pretty much the exact same as they were previously. Fair? Unfair? Completely fair. That's what and, I you thought. Know, in, in talking to folks around the program, that's kind of, you know, as the Sooners gear up for spring ball, they're not anticipating a huge period of transition as far as getting Zach Alley broken in as the new linebackers coach and co-defensive coordinator because everybody kind of understands, okay, like Venables was the one pulling the strings defensively for Oklahoma. So there won't be a whole lot that changes in that department. Alley is certainly going to have more input in the process, and long-term the goal is for Venables to hand things off to Alley and just be able to be more of a head coach than a defensive play caller. But Venables, as long as he is here at Oklahoma, he's going to have his fingerprints all over that defense. He's not as as be he able should. To help and and I, I would want him. I mean, he's – can you think of a – throw Kirby Smart in there. But when you think of the best defensive coordinators in college football in the last 15 years, who do you immediately think of? Do you not immediately think of Brent Venables and Kirby Smart when he was really good at Alabama before that? Unless I'm missing someone totally obvious there, like Brent is absolutely one of the first that comes to mind. So I, like, he's the head coach now. He's not the defensive coordinator. He needs to have head coaching responsibilities, sure, but you still want him being as part of this defense as much as you can as a head coach. At least I would want to. And you know what? I, you know, there there are some games for everybody that are just indelibly seared into your head. The one for me. And it's been this way since long before Venables was the head coach at Oklahoma. But I will never forget watching the 2018 Alabama Crimson Tide just decimate everybody in their path en route to the national championship game. And then Brent Venables had Tua Tungvaloa in hell for four quarters. I mean, that 
Alabama offense could do nothing. I think uh, absolutely nothing. Tua even threw a pick six early yes. in that game. I mean, that was a dude. That it was not a Georgia TCU level beatdown, but that was a was that the worst loss of the Nick Saban era? Maybe it may well have been. It seriously yeah. may have been. Offhand, I can't think of a worse one. Now, as far as offense goes, I guess the question, you know, is Oklahoma better with Seth Luttrell as opposed to Jeff Levy? Really, that question just boils down to how much do you like the jet sweep? There were there were Lebby had some good games a year ago. He did. Um, I thought that he called a great game against Texas. Like the the offense was. The offense was good in that game. Of, of course, it was good enough to, to win that game for sure. But, yes, there were some obvious moments where it felt like you were running it six, seven, eight yards a carry. Then you go with the jet sweep, just something weird. Like, yeah. I, I don't think Jeff Levy was the best play caller in the sport last year. But yet <sighs> to be seen if it's an upgrade or not with uh, with Seth Luttrell. Yeah, and look, I got my jet sweep jokes. You got your jet sweep jokes. Everybody's got their jet sweep jokes. I, I do think Jeff Lebby is a very good offensive coordinator. Or I should say at this point, offensive mind, because he's no longer a coordinator. But one of the best offensive minds in college football. And I thought on the whole, he did at worst a B-plus job for Oklahoma last year. Now, I, Seth Luttrell is somebody that has had success as an offensive coordinator in the past. But he hasn't been a play caller in some time. And so it's fair to have more of a question as to how the offense functions post-Lebby than it is to wonder how the defense functions post-Ruth. Yeah, like here's kind of my evaluation of the question. Um, And the overall question is, will OU be better or weaker with two new coordinators? Well, regardless of which one it is, I think it's probably going to be like slightly better, slightly worse, or around the same. Regardless of what OU does this year, if they have an incredible season, if they have an average season, if they have a bad season, like two new coordinators to me can be big deals sometimes for teams. I just don't view it as this you know massive storyline or this massive question mark for OU going into the year. But that's just me. I just there was as much continuity as possible after losing an OC and a DC. We have a Doug text. Uh oh. Doug says, Parker, let's review your game-by-game predictions for Missouri prior to the 2023 season. My recollection is that your prediction was 5-7 and seven, most likely, or 6-6. Six and six. How did that turn out? Now fast forward to your USC game-by-game prediction. Not sure I can trust you on that one either. Maybe your personal anti-USC bias is entering into the process, just like your anti-Missouri bias colored your process last year. Doug, there was no bias that colored my process. Find me anybody that thought Missouri was going to win 11 games. I actually, I actually uh, I think I was on that 5-7, and 6-6 six and six train as well. So. Maybe, again, yeah, because you I, I look was. at the first three years of the Drinkwitz era, I want to say they were 6-6, six and 7-6, six, and 6-7 six, six and seven or something mm-hmm. like that. He, Drinkwitz had exactly he had a record of exactly 500. And it's freaking Missouri, too! And it's Missouri. Like, how long has it been since they won anything? And so, yes, looking at that schedule, I was not confident that Missouri even made a bowl game. I hardly think I was the only one that thought that. I will point out, Doug, that my prediction was 10 wins for Oklahoma. That came to fruition. My prediction was 7 wins for USC. Hit the nail on the head, too. Sometimes you just get one wrong. Everybody in the industry does. That's part of the nature of prognostication. I can't gaze into the future with a crystal ball. And so, yes, there will be times 
And that Missouri example is a conspicuous one where I get something wrong and I'm off base. That doesn't mean that there is bias seeping in. There's bias seeping in for me on oh, Missouri. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I can't stand them. I'll, I'll openly admit that one. Uh, someone asking, uh, Jason Johns, is BV the only coach to coach three Butkus winners? Has any coach had that many? I'm looking at past uh, Butkus winners and like Georgia's won a couple here recently. Roquan Smith did it. Nicobe Dean did it in 2021. I don't see Rocky in 01, Teddy in 03, and then you had Isaiah Simmons in 2019. I don't know the answer for sure, but just doing a quick scan of the past Butkus winners, I would guess that um, that he is the only position coach to have three Butkus winners, coordinators, whatever you want to say. That that would be that'd be my guess. And hey, I mean, don't you think that Stutzman is going to be on the short list entering the year? of uh, Buckus candidates? He may be the favorite. He could be. I don't think that's out of the question. People have opinions on Jeff Lebby. Not shocked. Lebby's a good offensive mind, but he wasn't a very good play caller, in my opinion. Streaky at best and was only able to sustain drives using tempo. I I, I don't hate that. Sooner, I, I think Streaky's fine. Yeah. Sooner Soldier says, Lebby didn't utilize all his players and often left a lot of good players on the bench. Play calling was always a mystery. Uh, I... Play calling wasn't always a mystery sooner soldier, and I also don't think it's fair to pin the personnel decisions on Lebby because, you know, it, it, it is hard to pin down exactly where personnel decisions originate, but suffice to say, I think it's more nuanced than, oh, Jeff Lebby was deciding which 11 guys were on the field on any given down. Uh, 402 from the state of Nebraska. Latrell has five times more play calling experience than Lebby did coming to OU Levy was under hype and lane. He wasn't in full control of those offenses, much like Roof and BV. Uh, and that's a popular theory, and that's all fine and well. But the Levy that Oklahoma got for two seasons was a guy that very much seemed like he'd command or he'd commanded a Power Five offense before. He didn't look like a newbie, and sure, he had some moments where his relative inexperience and his youth shined through. That Oklahoma State game and that Kansas game, certainly two conspicuous examples of that. But again, on the whole, I and I know he's gone. I have no incentive whatsoever to say this. I thought Jeff Lebby did a pretty good job at Oklahoma this past season. Uh, another state of Nebraska texter saw a report on Gus Cordova recruit that Texas is cooling down and 24-7 has removed their stars as a rating because of some prank on a student. Is this real or fake as I saw OU is interested in him? You know, I've been uh, going back and forth all week long. Like, there, there's some other recruits right now that I think are more well-known on this show or maybe more important to OU's recruiting. But I've been going back and forth all week long to even bring up Gus Cordova. Yeah. But there's, like, there, there's stories out there this week more than there's ever been. Yep. Um, he, he put out a list of visits that he's going to take I think it was the list of like six visits OU wasn't on there correct so at one time and it was late last year and what he's in is he at Lake Travis in Austin or at Westlake he is Lake Travis, Lake Travis and he's an OU legacy OU legacy and we felt really good about him late last year but Probably because of that incident. Is it fair to say that OU has cooled on him? Yeah, and look, if you if you dive into the incident, lots of people have lots of very polarizing opinions and very extreme opinions on what went down. 
Uh, all of the details of that particular incident have not been disclosed. The details that have been disclosed don't paint a very flattering picture of Gus Cordova. That much is clear. And again, if you dig into the incident, you will understand why Oklahoma and Texas and many other schools have kind of backed off their pursuit of the kid. I don't think he ends up at Oklahoma right now. I don't know where he ends up. Uh, I think a lot of the uh, <laughs> a lot of the reaction has been somewhat blown out of proportion because it's not a nothing burger, absolutely yeah. not. And you don't want to make it seem like it is, uh, but there are <laughs> there are extremists on both sides sure. of the discourse, and the reality is somewhere in the middle. Like the the kid made a really stupid decision that he is going to pay for, and he is already paying for it. In that some of the schools that are the most prestigious in his recruitment are no longer going to give him opportunities. Like he's going to feel the he he's going to feel the repercussions of that decision. But also, you know, anybody who knows the kid will tell you that's not indicative of who he is as a person or his character. And you know, I always go back to what Nick Saban said about DJ Petway back in 2014. Uh, would you rather just completely throw a kid to the wolves? because he made a mistake or would you rather have him somewhere where he can have the support and the leadership and the direction to be able to correct that behavior and not make a pattern of it? Because I think if what, if what you want for the kid is as simple as punishment, then okay. Yeah. You're fine seeing all these schools back off. He, he will have opportunities. He will not have every single school back off, but in the end, what, what I want for that kid and what I hope everybody would want is that, yeah, you know, as I said, he's he's experiencing punitive action directly and indirectly. But in the long run, what you want for that kid's sake is that behavior to be corrected and for that to not become a habit or a pattern or anything that marks who he is. There is a, I think there was a story this week on the Austin American Statesman about that whole thing. It didn't list him by name, yeah. just the, you know, the kind of victim and, and all that, but... Yeah, it's being uh, written about in the Austin area right now, that's for sure. All right, I promise this time there's there's some big offensive line targets on the board. Where does OU currently stand with three of those? We'll get into that next right here on The Ref. We're the Homeless Center fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref for the Homeless Center fans. 2025, Bill Biedenboe's got one heck of an opportunity to have one of his best classes, if not the best class that he's had on the offensive line since he's gotten to OU. Already got a, a, a commit in the 25 class, but Rival said he's in on at least three of the top ten offensive linemen as it sits right now. Now, I know you and I have both doubted this one, but at number two on the list is Douglas Utu, the number seven player nationally. It says it's still largely a guessing game when it comes to Utu's recruitment for numerous reasons. First, the five-star offensive tackle, who hardly ever loses a rep, doesn't talk about his recruitment much at all and gives no indication as to which programs stand out the most. He doesn't necessarily have a loyalty to one place over the other, and when he does discuss his recruitment, top lists often change. Oklahoma has made a big impression. He has some teammates at USC. And there have been some SEC talk, some Oregon talk, and an in-season visit to Nebraska went well. It could still go many ways. When you said three of the top ten, I was thinking Michael Fasusi, uh -huh. Lamont Rogers, yep. and Andrew Babalola. 
not Douglas Utu. I am not under the expectation that Douglas Utu ends up in Oklahoma sooner. If he takes, if he even takes an official visit, I'll be surprised. Michael Fasusi is the number three offensive lineman, number 12 nationally, says Texas is going to have a major say in Fasusi's recruitment as the five-star offensive tackle from Louisville loves the coaching staff and the attention he's received from the Longhorns so far. That one is not even in question, but Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Oregon, and others will not be left out easily as Fasusi has seen those programs and is planning more visits. A recent Missouri visit blew him away, and if the Tigers stay high in the mix, anything can happen. But the Longhorns and Sooners have the edge right now. That's just felt like it's been the case for quite some time now with Fasusi. And I do think that one comes down to OU and Texas in the end. Good old Red River showdown on the trail. The result of that game could uh, matter at least a small eh, amount when it comes I to Fasusi. He's going to commit to the he's going to commit to the winning team after the game. The stakes are even higher. No, he's going to pull a Colton Vosick. <laughs> no, no, don't. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Instant no from Tyler. Instant, Instant no. Instant no. Uh, Ty Haywood is the other. Four-star, uh, number 59 player nationally out of Denton, Texas. Denton Ryan. This is going to be a battle until the end for the physical four-star offensive lineman from Denton Ryan. But the feeling right now is that Oklahoma has a slight lead in Haywood's recruitment over A&M and others. Really? Haywood keeps generally quiet about where things stand in his recruitment, but the Sooners have to like where they stand now. A&M, Texas, and others won't back down, though. Okay, I, like, I'll be candid. I, I disagree with that assessment. Haywood hasn't been to Oklahoma in a long time. He has not visited since last July. And the Sooners were expecting him at their January junior day. He went to Texas A&M instead, which is never a good sign. So Ty Haywood is another one of those guys that I'm not counting on. If things heat back up again, great. And I do think Oklahoma is a top three consideration for him right now. But I I would figure he is probably a Horn or an Aggie before he's a Sooner. Well, it's interesting that they have um, both he and Douglas Utu. As, <laughs> hey, Oklahoma's made a heck of an impression. They're they're in a really good spot right now. I, like, they got to be hearing that from someone, right? I mean, unless that's just old intel, and I don't think that they would go off old intel. I mean, maybe they do. Who knows? But I just find it find it very odd that they're uh, they're the first school mentioned in two of those. But, yeah, Michael Fasusi, they had a chance, maybe OU in Texas, but uh, uh, other offensive line targets that we can look at right now, excluding those three. Well, let's see. I brought up Babalola. I think he's certainly one to watch. And then, gosh, is there really anybody else? I mean, you have two commits in Owen Hollenbeck and Ryan Foje. So you're recruiting for two, maybe three more spots. I figure it just ends up being two. And I think the highest percentage guys right now would be Rodgers and Fasusi. I like where OU sits with both of those guys. Not confident enough, especially with them being top five offensive tackles nationally, to throw down a prediction because I do think things will change. But I like where they stand with those two. I think they've made good headway with Babalola, although I don't know that they lead yet. And so we'll we'll see where things go over the next few months. But – if I had to pick right now who ends up in Oklahoma's class, I guess I'm picking Rodgers and Fasusi. Uh, we talked about uh, Gus Cordova, Lake Travis, Austin, Texas, um, last last segment. Someone from the 918 says Cordova will end up at Texas A&M. 
So the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is putting in a future cast for Gus Cordova to Texas A&M. So just go ahead and mark that one, if you will. 580 says, what about interior, guys? You got Owen Hollenbeck. And, you know, one of the things Bill Biedenboe does is occasionally he will take a pure inside guy, as he did last year with B.J. Brooks and the year before with Josh Bates. But ideally what he likes having is guys that are tackles with the capacity to slide inside. And so you see that potential in pretty much everybody he's going after, right? And maybe Fasusi and I guess Rodgers, like they, in an ideal world, they're tackles, and you, you want them playing tackle. But um, you could certainly see Foje sliding inside, and in a general sense, the way that Bill Biedenboe recruits is he pursues guys, again, for the most part, not – all the time, but for the most part, he will pursue guys that are capable of playing multiple positions along the offensive line. I don't know if you did anything today that was a complete waste of time and a waste of your morning slash afternoon, but I sure did. Oh boy, what was that? Uh, listen to about 30 minutes, and I don't even know why, but listen to about 30 minutes of uh, Johnny Manziel on with uh, <laughs> Shannon Sharp on that podcast. And you didn't, you didn't know that about. was going to be a waste of your time? I, I know I knew it was going to be a waste of my time. I was just hoping that I could find at least one audio clip to use today. I, I did find one. But um, the only part that interests me, other than the cycle that he was going down that I couldn't turn away from for some reason, Johnny was asked his Mount Rushmore of Texas high school quarterbacks. Mount Rushmore. Of Texas high school quarterbacks, Johnny okay. Manziel from Kerrville, Texas. He has Kyler Murray. He says Kyler Murray's the goat. Kyler Murray's I would hope the so. goat of goats. Yes. Okay. Never lost a high school game, correct? They're I, at Allen, Texas. That is, is correct. correct, yes. Kyler Murray is on the Mount Rushmore. RG3 is on the Mount oh, Rushmore. Okay. Okay. Baker Mayfield is on the Mount Rushmore. Wow, guess, uh, strong OUDNA. Kerrville played Lake Travis, I guess, why, why the two were there or something. I don't know. And then um, himself? No, he did not. Oh, wow, okay. A little bit of an older name here. Matthew Stafford out of Highland Park there How in Dallas. How about that? No VY, no Vince Young, no Cliff, no Andrew Luck. No Patty Mahomes. No Pat Mahomes. Kyler Murray, RG3, Baker, and Matt Stafford. He said, Matt Stafford, they were talking about him for years in the incredible arm talent that he had coming out of Highland Park. Well, he's made a good living for himself in the NFL, so worked out okay for him. Two of those on the list, obviously, are uh, former Sooners. Three out of the four on that list won a Heisman Trophy. So, not bad. Not bad at all. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 214 says, no Jack Mildren. Yeah, that would have been a good follow-up. No Jack Mildren, Johnny Manziel? Johnny, give us your evaluation <laughs> of Jack Mildren as a high school player. <laughs> that would have player. been awesome. All right, final segment of Locked In coming up next. Final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune. Dorsey Jones Buick, GMC in El Reno, bringing you this hour. Half-price oil changes on Saturday. Go see him in El Reno. Dorsey Jones Buick, GMC. Is it going to matter anything in the long run? Probably not. I, I thought it was pretty silly, though. I guess the NCAA has banned decorating prospects' hotel rooms. Like when a uh, when a kid shows up for an OV and 
wherever they're staying. Like maybe they're staying at the noun, and they have all this no, OU stuff the like NCAA decorated is everywhere. So dumb, and they like they ban that. Like this what? is this is what we're regulating. <laughs> in 2024, this is what we're placing additional stipulations on. <sighs> I rolled my eyes at that one. I don't, I don't, I don't really get it, understand it, but I'm sure they had great reason. The, not the, the NCAA loves to wield their power in the most bizarre of ways. I mean, that's about as bizarre of a way as I can think it's of. Such in a recruiting. weird flex. Like seriously, in recruiting, like no, you can't. Cannot put cool stuff in their room once they check into their hotel room. Can't do it. Sorry. It's just so stupid. I mean, what? A, I wonder how much time they wasted even looking into that and making that as opposed to all of the other important things that are going on right now in college football and in, in yeah, NCAA. I just, I don't know. It's, it's stupid. A texter earlier put it well when he said, so they can't have a balloon in their hotel room on the official visit, but they can get a $100,000 car as soon as they set foot on campus. Perfect. I, I couldn't have said it any better. 405, absolutely don't rule out a late offer to six foot four, 295-pound offensive tackle slash guard from Norman High, Owen Slate. He's already looked, locked in a visit to NC State. Yeah, he could absolutely be one of those guys that – Oklahoma comes back around on late in the cycle. But obviously, you know, if you're going to offer a guy like that, OU isn't making any additional offers on the offensive line in 2025 right now, and that's because they have their short list of targets. They're going after those guys. And so, you know, harsh but true reality here. The Sooners would have to miss on one of their top targets in order for a guy like Owen Slate to become a possibility. Pastor MC says, why is anyone still listening to the NCAA? Alex from Manfred said, if the NCAA was one person, it would be Doug from Norman. <laughs> Love you, Doug. Thank you for lunch two days ago. Still appreciate that. Solid Mostacholi, Doug. Uh, 402 regarding Johnny Manziel's, uh, his, his list, Mount Rushmore of greatest Texas high school quarterbacks. No Drew Brees? I think he said he's too young to remember Drew Brees there in Austin throwing the football around. What Brees, was, uh, was he Westlake or was he Lake Travis? I think he was Westlake. Yeah. I think so. Um, but, yeah, how about that? He's Johnny Manziel is too young to remember Drew Brees' high school career, but yet Drew Brees was still at the NFL in the NFL at the top of his game five years after Johnny Manziel hung it up. <laughs> Seriously. Dallas Bill says, if there is one banner or a coffee cup in the room, there will be hell to pay. Yeah, Mizzou will stop, probably still be doing something like that, though. I'd like – I kind of want some school to call the NCAA's bluff on that. I just want I, I want somebody to decorate a hotel room and be like, okay, what are you going to do about it? Are you really going to punish us for this? I'm sure that's the one thing the NCAA would take a stand on, is if someone decorated a hotel no, room like, nope, sorry, cakes. we haven't done a bowl ban in like forever, but bowl ban for two years. It's just ridiculous at this point where it is. Uh, five eight zero. No viewers uh, on that Rushmore. Uh, no. Uh. Uh-uh. Mark for me. It says, "Who the hell cares what Johnny Manziel thinks?" No one. I just wanted to bring up the discussion about Texas high school quarterbacks. Is all. Would I put Kyla Murray as the goat? Yeah, probably. Kind of hard man. not to. Kind of hard not to. Oh, gosh, how many times? Because we just had another listener from the three ten ask, "What's the deal with the Lake Travis kid?" How many times do you think we're going to have to explain the the Gus Cordova situation over the next few months? Uh, every day. <laughs> I think even DMs and tweets on Saturdays and Sundays, it's probably going to happen. 
thing is that like that's been out for like weeks. It's been a long time since that story hit the mainstream. And yet I guess Texas was so in the dark about it that they just quit recruiting the kid yesterday. Well, the story came out earlier this week. It, again, like I said, it's been a tough week for for the kid. Uh, okay, 2025 Cruton rankings. you got Notre Dame at number one. Golly, they got 17 commits already, man. 17 commits. No five stars out of the 17 commits. 12 four-stars and five three-stars. LSU at two, Clemson at three, Ohio State at four, Penn State at five, and then there's Oklahoma at six. Um, Auburn's at seven, Georgia's at nine, Texas at ten, Tennessee is at 11, A&M is at 15, Florida's at 17. Yeah, welcome to your new conference. No longer are you in a league where it's, well, what, what's Texas doing? What what their recruiting class look like? And then you recruit out-recruit the other teams by like 20 spots, if not more. The teams on your schedule now will be uh, all over the top 15, man. All over. That ain't changing either. It used to be completely inexplicable if you lost a recruit to a conference foe other than Texas, right? Yeah. And now, guess what? You will lose guys to LSU and to Texas A&M and to Georgia and to Alabama and to Florida and to, you know, Tennessee and what have you. And guess what? Not gonna be able to gripe much about those. Guess what? Those those schools are on the same level as you are, or at least close to it in terms of their recruiting ability. Uh, Thirty seconds to pay off a tease from two days ago. Oh, but okay. PJ's little brother. Oh, yeah. Is he gonna be a high end uh, P five player? I he'll, saw he'll he be a G five guy. Yeah, he'll be a G five guy. He's not that tall. Well, he's not physically blessed like PJ, but who, you are. who really is, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, the rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.